Welcome to episode 127 of Coffee Pods and Wads. This is my sixth time recording this. I think I'd have it down by now. Um, as always, this episode is sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focus drink to support your performance. And also kindly sponsored by OllieClothing.com, who will support you in your every active endeavor for body and mind. And you can use the code CPW for savings on OllieClothing.com. Uh, BurbossCoachDevelopment.com will help develop a coach in a personal sense through self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching. And you can use the code PODS in all caps for 20% off that. And there's also uh, t-shirts, socks, patches, pop sockets, all that kind of stuff on coffeepodsandwads.com if you want to support the show. Um, you don't know it, but that took me like six takes to get through. So, you know, you should be applauding me for that. Uh, today's episode is with Meg Reardon. Uh, we chat about how she feels ramping up towards West Coast Classic in Vegas next week. Um, we talk about the joy in training with athletes like Tim Paulson and Christian Harris and the Move Fast Lift Heavy crew and her dog-loving clothing company, Wags and Weights. Enjoy, listen, share and tag. Thanks a million for doing this, first of all. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, this is the latest uh, recording I've done in ages. So this is Oh like, my God, what time is it there? Uh, okay, well, I mean, it's not late, but like, <laughs> bear in mind, I have a one-year-old, so it's like 9 p.m. So okay, usually, I would consider that late. Yeah, usually I do mine at like 4 p.m. Okay. Um, just because I'm home from work and stuff and it works out well. But like uh, you were like, oh, yeah, like that time suits. And, you know, you're kind of like you're the gracious. You're kind of like, yeah, yeah, perfect. And then I remember like <laughs> like saying, oh, yeah, that's perfect. And then I worked out the time difference. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's like that's creeping up on bedtime <laughs> yeah I'm sorry about that <laughs> no I honestly don't mind I just I I went to bed earlier last night to like I assume you can do that you can build up sleep in yep yeah I think that's how it works right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I make myself sound like so I actually had a conversation with one of my friends about grass on Instagram today about like who has nice grass like what crossfitters <laughs> have nice grass and then um and now I'm talking about my bedtime being at nine o'clock so I think I've just crossed over into the dad territory like deep deep into dad territory definitely um, i uh i wish i had grass but i live in new york city like in queens so we have the concrete jungle backyard no grass have you got like are you in it like a, in a townhouse or what's the is it like a block so this area is like where i am is very resi- residential so we actually live um in our friend's top apartment like he has his own house below us okay and then we live in the top apartment so i guess it could kind of be like a like a sister home like a town home mm. um but i have like when I moved here I really didn't understand how things worked because in Virginia in the south I don't know what it's like where you are but like most people just have their own house you know everything's pretty separate people have space and then you move here and everyone is on top of each other and no one has space where we apparently a part of our backyard um the neighbor owns so he could like come into the backyard <laughs> at any moment it's like the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a lie. That sounds like he's just making up rules and just saying like, oh, I, I this is like, fine. Yeah, I definitely think he's like, I actually just want to come in your backyard whenever I want. So I own yeah. this little piece. He's like <laughs> looking in your window and he's like, I own part of this window. It's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I heard you on, um, I was listening to you on the Move Fast, Lift Heavy podcast um, there last week. Um, and it was, I think it was an old issue. Well, not old, but like uh, it was from a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. but you were asked at one point, if you weren't a CrossFitter, what would you do? Like, what would your job be? And you said, you'd love to own a coffee shop. Um, so I feel like we need to talk about this. So definitely like, set, set the scene. Like what, what am I walking into when I walk in the door? What, I assume there's dogs inside. 
Oh God. Well, actually that is a cool concept, but I feel like they could become very big liability quickly. So I don't know if I would necessarily have a space for dogs. There actually is a, a, a coffee shop in New York city that does the whole coffee shop dog area thing Mm. but it's it's mostly for small small breeds like i have an 80 pound pit bull and if i I think if i were to to bring her into that um setting i don't think it would go well yeah does it (laughs) Um, have you have you ever had coffee um oh god i'm not gonna remember the name of it there's a coffee shop in madison that oh um they have a fucking massive Burmese mountain dog like oh, huge like yeah it's, it's like a horse but oh I, my like, god I was there in 2019 and I was basically following uh Tim Posen around like he'd go somewhere on a Tuesday and I'd be like where did he go yesterday and I go there on a Wednesday because you know it's gonna be good but like I'm surprised we... I didn't run into you 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 followed us yeah <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, he, he showed this place and I was like, oh, that looks good. And then uh, went in, people were wearing like, you know, leather aprons. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. Um, and then this dog, like what? And it, it, Burmese mountain dogs are kind of funny, I find, where you're like, come on, like come over. But they're so yeah. like, they're like, I don't need to come over to you. Like someone's <laughs> going to come over to me eventually. So I'm not going right. to walk over to you. Right. <laughs> so he'd like, he, it was a real tease of a dog where he'd walk past. Like, he'd walk like close by, like just out of reach, like loads of times. <laughs> oh, and you'd be like, well, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lurch towards a like whatever yeah. 400 kilo dog. Like I let him <laughs> come back eventually. But, you know, that was, yeah, I think there, there comes a point where it's like you can have, you can have like, you know, you can have a box dog. You could have mm-hmm. like a the coffee shop dog, like the residential dog. Exactly. So uh, like my dream, if I were to get a second dog, because my dog is, she's named after Beyonce, Bay, <laughs> no joke. And um, my, my dream would be get, to get a small Frenchie. They're like more of a guy we consider like, you could really take them anywhere. Yeah. They're like, they're like tanks, but they're small tanks. Yeah. So um, I would love to get a Frenchie next and name him Jay. So I have Bay and Jay. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's cool. Um, so I assume then, if if a coffee shop is something that would be in the in the the pipe dream realm, I assume that coffee is a pretty big part of your day. Then, yes, it is. I love coffee. And are you like uh, picky about what you drink? Like, have you have you a routine for making it and stuff? Yeah. So typically, like, okay. So I'm actually going to show you. We have a kegerator behind me. Oh, okay. And this has nitro on tap. Oh shit. Uh, so we're pretty bougie. <laughs> um, is that we, specifically, is that just like, is that oh, just yeah. like a normal beer this, keg this or is, is it specifically? This is, like a, this is like a commercial size kegerator. And um, we ended up finding this distributor and being like, well, we own a company, but it's in our house. Can we still get the keg inside the house? And they were like, yeah, it's not an issue. So we went ahead and did it. So we have, uh, stump town on tap on nitro right now which is amazing <laughs> um but we typically like summertime like i'm more of a cold coffee drinker i kind of feel like if you're drinking really hot coffee in the summer you're kind of a serial killer um i think i actually called tim paulson that once because i'm pretty sure he drinks hot hot coffee through the summer and i'm like you're a serial killer um but if i'm gonna like make something at home we'll we have um uh what's it called I just forgot the name of it. Oh, wait, I got to look. It's going to bother me. It's not. <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. All right. This is a fellow. Okay. Do you have you heard of this one? Is it just is like a uh, drip? It's, yeah, it's similar to like a pour over like a okay. Chemex or something like that. But this is just a brand fellow. Um, 
and we'll typically do that pretty much until it gets until it gets warm out and does that take a filter uh paper or is it built in you could do either or i'm pretty sure we use a filter one but i think they have like a like a reusable one as well okay. um this is like our that's what i what i typically use and then we as far as roasts we normally go like pretty light like i'm really into like the citrusy roasts yeah okay i'm yeah. not a huge i'm not a huge dark roast uh coffee drinker yeah i like kind of fruity more than dark myself. yeah um south americans i've i've kind of realized that that's my that's my go-to if it's a if it's a single origin i tend to I don't know. Brazil seems to just have me at the minute, but I, mm. you know, anywhere South American. To, there's a huge. I didn't realize how big of a difference there was until recently between like African and South American, especially when it's like a single origin. When you have a blend, kind of you get lost in it, and it just tastes nice. But when it's a single right. origin, you're like, holy shit, this really tastes like fruit, and then holy shit, this really tastes like caramel and chocolate. Like, yeah, it's, crazy. it's it's wild. People don't really understand either. Like, you know, the, the people who drink Starbucks or whatever, they're like, is it really that different? And I'm like yes like you, yeah. it's night and day difference yeah no it is it's crazy and even the difference between like making it nice and making it like not nice or like almost right. making it nice and then like, right. you know butchering it which i've done loads yeah. of times um <laughs> something i love hearing about from guests then is a, a coffee memory so maybe like someone they were with or somewhere they were where coffee was involved somehow even just on the periphery is there anything that springs to mind for you Mm, well, um, I would say actually, I guess this is kind of like a, my fiance, Catherine drink, always drank coffee prior to meeting me, but I was very into specialty when I met her. Um, so I ended up taking her to a coffee brewing class okay. and we learned like the specifics of the water temperature, you know, the ratio of, of the grams to, to, of beans to water and like everything and it kind of like opened her eyes you know different types of grinders all that kind of stuff so it opened her eyes and I think you know moving that was probably the best thing I did for our, our relationship moving forward because I don't think I could still be with her if she was drinking Starbucks <laughs> and now you're <laughs> so sitting in front of a nitro keg so exactly <laughs> exactly and she's she's way more obsessed than I am now she's like ha- like having three of these a day I'm like you gotta relax like you need to chill <laughs> um I've heard you on on quite a few podcasts. I've seen you on a lot of podcasts um, talking about yourself and your training and like your business and stuff. Is like, do you enjoy talking about yourself and sharing your story, or do you think it's um, is it something that kind of comes with the territory, like something that you kind of like it's part of the job, I guess? Yeah, I don't necessarily love talking about myself. <laughs> it's kind of a, always a weird thing when someone asks you a question like, "What do you do? What kind of person are you?" Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it just comes with the territory. And at this point, I'm, I'm so used to it. So it's not something that I don't like doing. I'm just okay with doing it. And then do you listen to other podcasts? I do. I'm a big podcast listener. Um, what are your go-to? I, I really love like the, sh- the, the morning ones that kind of give you updates on. I don't really watch much TV. So like I always listen to like the daily or something that'll just give me like a quick little bit. Yeah. Um, if I'm in the car or whatever, and then when I'm doing monostructural work, which we typically have 45 minutes to an hour a day, I will try to find some type of podcast. that's at least like an hour long. Like I've been really into, I don't know if you know of armchair expert with Dak Shepard. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. He did. He yeah. have uh, Prince Harry or someone on recently, or is that a different, uh, I don't know. I think if he it was had him. Has he got oh, two podcasts? A... He might actually have two podcasts, but I'm curious. I want to listen to that one, but he has one where he just brings on, you know, tons of celebrities and 
Um, it's always very entertaining and they always talk about crazy stuff. So kind of takes my mind off the, whatever the grind that I'm doing, which is nice. Yeah. He's an actor, isn't he? He's like an a, actor. He's like a comedy actor. He was kind of yes. big, big ish in the noughties, but never yes. really huge, huge. Yeah. I think it's him that, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, like a, he's a former drug addict. So his story's like pretty crazy in general. And, um, he, he brings on all these people that also have similar issues. Like it, it, the celebrity world is insane. Like mm. I can't even imagine. So it's pretty yeah. fun. It's good. It's a good podcast. Um, what brings you back for a second? Listen, then if you say like, if you hear one, like, do you hunt out the, the guests or do you like find yourself religiously returning to certain shows and like, what is it that brings you back to those shows? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's typically more the guests. Like I just yeah. want to, I want to have something that's entertaining. Um, the news stuff obviously is going to be different every day, which is yeah. nice. And I, I like to update myself via podcast rather than trying to watch TV. Um, but as far as, you know, me finding certain podcasts, it's typically guests. Like sometimes I'll be really into like ones that kind of tell a story that have multiple parts. But again, yeah. it really just de- depends on what it is. Like it's, it can be very sporadic. I don't know. Yeah. How about you? What, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd be very, uh, so every time, every night when I go to sleep, I listen to stuff you should know. That's, um, oh, I heard that's a good one. Yeah, like it's like. It can, it can be mixed bags so like there's some episodes where like i'll look at the title so it could be like you know everything you need to know about grass or whatever mm. and you're like all right i can <laughs> fall asleep to that but then there might be one i was listening to one last night it was like everything you need to know about hunger and it was like it was one of the it was from like 2009 or something so i've listened to all the ones from like 2010 on so i'm like going way back now to try and find new ones um but like, yeah, it was like 40 minutes long and I was hooked, you know, like because it was like, oh, fuck, that's really interesting. And then I was like, no, damn it. Like this wants to be sending me to sleep. Right, um, right. So there's a, a hell of a lot of episodes of it that I've never heard the whole episode because it's just the two guys are really nice. If they kind of I, I think what brings me back is like you, where you feel like you're part of it, like you feel like you're in it or you're somehow involved, even though like you're obviously not. But like, say, yeah. even Savan, Matt and Josh, like their podcast. I think they like on their videos. I don't watch uh, video podcasts a lot, really, but I've seen on their clips they have like the three um, cameras, you know, the three like uh, oh, windows yep, or whatever. Yep. But they have them set up in a weird way, and I was I, like, I I kind of thought maybe they're doing it on purpose. Maybe it's genius because I was like, <laughs> it's the perfect space for the listener to be in that fourth empty block. Oh, that's funny. But Savannah was like, no, it's just all coincidence. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate really it, honestly. On it. But no, I like theirs <laughs> because, again, it's like, you know, like Savannah could be quite divisive, I guess. And then like Josh, I just find Josh hilarious. Like, and it's kind yeah, of, you, you feel like you're like part, like you're part of the joke. Like you're kind of laughing along with it. And I kind of like, I think that's what brings me back is that like um, the illusion of camaraderie, I suppose, or the illusion of like belonging to it or whatever. So it's, I suppose that's definitely. probably something I hope to cultivate as well. Um, yeah. with this one, but I don't know if I'm doing it successfully or not. Um, you own uh, Wags and Weights um, as well, which is, I suppose, a company dedicated to, um, I guess, like decking out men, women, and puppers. Um, Pretty much. I, I thought of this tagline earlier on, you can have this. I'm gifting this to you. So it's, it's, I said, like, it could be aimed at getting tongues and tails wagging. So I thought that oh, was absolutely I fucking love genius. That. So you can have That's that. That's good. I love the, um, the coffee pot the p-a-w i love how you spelled it on the oh yeah on the uh, meeting <laughs> invite yeah yes um, i love it where did wags and weights come from so we i actually when i 
first created it back way back in 2014, it came from honestly just an idea of the fact that people had gym dogs in CrossFit gyms and no yeah. one had really put anything together to celebrate that. It was so, it was so common. Like anywhere, anytime I go into a gym, someone had a gym dog and I'm like, this is awesome. Like clearly people in the fitness community love their dogs, but no one had really done anything around that. Mm. Um, so we started off, we called it pups and PRs. That was like the original <laughs> name. Um, but you know, no one really, not everyone knows what PR stands for. Yeah. So we think that wags and weights ended up being a much better name for it. Um, but yeah, so we, we started an Instagram account 2014 and kind of just wanted to see if we could build a following, which we were able to pretty quickly and then put out one of our first products, which I think may have been the daily essentials tank, which is dogs, fitness, coffee, donuts. So it's like the perfect combo. And, um, yeah, fast forward, here we are 2021, still killing it, having a lot of fun doing all the designs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it is, there's a, there is a weird affinity between like, uh, like cats and dogs, especially dogs and CrossFit. I, like, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just so many like-minded people, I guess, are drawn towards CrossFit and then they are like, I've noticed a really strong correlation between people who like dogs, people who like coffee and people who like CrossFit. There's a weird like, Ven- Venn diagram there that meets in the middle and it's like, yeah, it is odd. I, mean, I wonder if it's, it's just a personality type. I think it, you know what? I think it's more a personality type. Like we're all, we're all like, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but we are very passionate about what yeah. we love. Aggressively so, obsessive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and especially like I realized, you know, owning this company now for, for a few years, it's like people will do anything for their dogs. Yeah. So they will go above and beyond for their animals, which is awesome. And then like, if you, so if you said that you um, brought out, you brought out some clothes like after a while, like before that then, were you putting up like, what was the Instagram based around? Was it like uh, kind of hinting at the fact that something was coming or was it just like pictures of gym dogs and stuff or, like, you know, of your dog and your friend's dogs and stuff? Yeah, we did a little bit of both. So we had like some teaser stuff that we would post like designs that we were thinking mm. about dropping. And then um, like I'm wearing one that says, sorry, I can't, my dog and I have plans. Like we would post that design yeah. on the, on the page and people would like that. And we, you know, obviously do our hashtags, whatever that, you know, dog, hashtag dogs, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we would also definitely post people's gym dogs that we knew in the area that we were in. Um, if you know, anyone had tagged us, we'd repost them. And that was starting to build attraction pretty well because people, again, they want to put their dogs all over their mm. Instagram. So why not put it on a, an account that is dedicated to that? yeah it's funny because like i'd be so we have a pug and uh i love pugs they're so cute yeah like uh, he's really pissed me off lately like i'm really trying hard (laughs) not to be annoyed at him but like he's a he's oh how would you describe him like a lovable fucking idiot like he's so (laughs) he's so stupid like oh my god like painfully stupid oh no you have to remember that like all of his ancestors were siblings. So like, it's like, you know, it's fair enough that he might like have, you know, a bit of a blunt tool when it comes to toolbox. Oh my God. Um, and then we have, we have a miniature Stouser as well. And she's like amazing. Like she's so clever, but they, we have like a, a one-year-old and like, they're both incredible with her. Like we got so lucky with how good they are. Like 
she's kind of okay now like she just kind of hugs them and stuff but like at the start she was like pulling their ears and pulling everything and they just like both just sat there and just like this is fine like Aww. the schnauzer was just really patient whereas the pug was like any any attention is good attention like he just didn't uh, care like once he's getting he's touched like, just touch me i don't care if it hurts <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it i hurt feel good. like dogs i feel like dogs just can sense that it's like a very yeah innocent little human being i feel like you know even my um 80 pound pit bull she's huge <laughs> but she's so gentle with kids like she knows that they're small little tiny humans so yeah no but even like when when or when my wife was pregnant the first time uh, she's pregnant now again but when she's pregnant the first time um Flo, like the the schnauzer her there came a point where like about seven months into the pregnancy their relationship just totally changed and it was really weird like overnight Flo became like really cuddly and always wanted to lie on Orla's lap and like she never really would have gone near her beforehand and we were just like this is weird and then that is weird that's like started up again now this time and again like there was a gap of like where she's just kind of normal and now she's like snuggling up to Orla the whole time so it's really (sighs) odd like some weird innate maternal instinct seriously um, I do think it's funny I think as well it's like it says a lot where you know when you have a kid or you have a dog and you're like talking about your kid or your dog and someone else is talking about theirs and in your head you're like yeah but like mine is actually cool like my you know like <laughs> your dog is nice and all but like like I need I need you to just pay more attention to what my dog's like because my dog is yeah, actually yeah. amazing so right, like, right. especially with my kid I'm having to bite my tongue a lot where someone's like you know I'd say like oh Sloan did such and such thing yes and they'd be like oh my kid did whatever it's like in my head I'm like I don't give a shit man I'm talking about my kid <laughs> Uh, it's like more less talking more listening to me me yeah 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 my kid's actually special (laughs) (laughs) um has anything surprised you about starting a business like that so starting something from scratch and from like you know not necessarily uh, I suppose a place of expertise I suppose has anything like struck you as like um was there any steep learning curves or uh, is it is it been has it been more of a gradual thing for you learning as you go do you think uh I think a little bit of both I mean, as far as like the, the whole business end of it, um, that has taken a lot of time to really understand. I, you know, do the, the uh, most annoying things like the books and the inventory and stuff like that. So that is definitely tedious, time consuming work that you have to really kind of like understand, mm. uh, you know, how much inventory you need to order. So you're not over ordering, under ordering, all that kind of stuff. Like that has been something that's taken a lot of time. But I think the, the the craziest part is just how much social media has changed for brands because it has created so many more opportunities for brands to sell their products, you know, via Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be. And you've had to like really adjust. Like it wasn't just like, hey, here's a step-by-step process. They were like, just kind of threw you into it and you just mm-hmm. kind of had to learn. So, you know, for, for Facebook and Instagram, it was the ads and creating, um, things that are going to bring people to your page and it's just the algorithms have been it's crazy it's really crazy yeah I just sort of gave up on that um (laughs) maybe maybe to my own detriment but I was just like I actually can't I can't crack it so I'm going to try like I remember (laughs) at the start being like okay I'll I'll grow it like x amount and then I was like it didn't happen I was like you know what fuck this like it's actually I don't understand what's going on and I'm, I'm not like I'm not willing to invest the patience it would require to actually do the stuff it wants me to do I remember someone told me once that if Instagram brings out something new, you should use that because that right. would like 
push you up higher. So like yep. when I saw reels, I was like, I'll make a couple of reels. And then I actually enjoy doing it. So I was like, okay, I'll keep doing that. And then yeah. I saw Instagram TV and I was like, okay, I can figure out a way to use that. That's fine. But like outside of using hashtags, I just can't like, it's just, there's so many like, like little, like it doesn't make any sense. You're, if you look, at your, if you look no. at your insights where it's like, okay, that post got X amount of likes. This post got X amount of likes. There's literally no difference between them. I post them <laughs> at the same time of day. They're almost identical. And this one's got half as like, I, if you start looking into it, you just drive yourself crazy. It, I think it so. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't make sense. I feel like, um, Instagram will like let your post go for a little bit, but then once it realizes it's getting good traction, it like cuts it. And you're yeah. like, nah, they're like, nah, we don't want you to get too popular. We yeah, want it's like, hey, do you, do you want to do one of these sponsored ads? Do you want to pay yes. us to let more people yes. see it? Um, yes, 100%. Do you ever worry about um, like plans for the brand or like, have you got like, you know, like a five-year plan or a one-year plan or a three-year plan or something about like where it's going? Or do you think it's more because it's like, I guess, more of a side project? Do you think it's more like maybe free-flowing than that? You know, this has kind of like evolved throughout the years because when I first started it, I really had no idea it was going to blow up and be so big and be mm. able to um, allow me to continue to train and compete and do what I do. So I think, you know, early on, I kind of was just winging it and hoping that it would get somewhere. But now I've realized I need to at least have a plan for the year and, you know, what I want to do and what we're looking to do for the year and in the years coming as far as like a five-year plan, I, I really, I think it really depends on me being in this industry and, and if I'm going to continue to compete and stay in the fitness industry, um, or if I decide to pivot and do something else. Um, it's kind of hard to say because yeah. especially with this industry, like clothing is hard. Apparel is very difficult and you always have to be thinking of new stuff every month. And sometimes yeah. you can come out with something and you're like, this is going to sell. And then it doesn't sell at all. <laughs> and then something else you put out, you're like, I don't really like this design. It sells out. You're like, what the heck? It doesn't even, it literally doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, I, I'll never forget uh, my biggest mistake to date. Well, it worked out in the end, I suppose. But I got like t-shirts made and I was like, oh my God, these are absolutely amazing. And I like, I fucked up twice. So first of all, I put my logo on the back which I thought was genius. I was like, oh, it's standalone. Like it's totally noticeable. And then the first time I was recording wearing the t-shirt, I was like, oh, I can't see my logo. In there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, nobody can see anybody's logo. If they're talking to each other face to face, they're just going to look right. down and see the other logo. So I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> and then my second mistake was I sold out. So I, I order like, I only order what I can afford. And like the podcast, like basically doesn't make money. So it's like my own money that does it. So I was like, right, I'll buy the first batch of t-shirts and sell those and then use that money to get the second batch and so on yeah um so <laughs> i bought the first batch and they sold out and i was like holy shit like jesus so i remember <laughs> mentioning the guy that does the t-shirts and i was like i need like the same amount again and he's like yeah no problem and then sent them out ah oh, fuck me it took me months to get rid of them because like uh, obviously yeah the initial the rush was gone so like yep, i was like yep. well this is a mistake so i was just like left waiting and waiting for like to get rid of because i couldn't buy the next batch until i sold that batch because yep. i didn't have the money yep. for it like so yeah yeah, you, you learn supply and demand yeah supply and demand sucks you always have to come out with like you, it's like people want to know that they have to like be at their computer at a certain date when the, the mm. product drops so they can get it before it sells out and if there isn't that kind of like um what's the word i'm looking for the panic or the rush yes like the rush like then i feel like it's not nearly as exciting for people so and also amazon has ruined everything <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I actually, you were talking there about like, using the apps and using like social media and stuff to sell. I remember I added, I was like, oh, I'll add a, sh- a store to Instagram because then like people can tap on the product or whatever because I had like socks and I had t-shirts and I was like, okay, that will work. Um, I still don't know how I did it. Like I was doing it. It took me, I was on like, so you, you get brought to like Facebook business site or something and I was on that and I was like okay set up a store and I was doing all the steps and I was watching a video on YouTube at the same time and I was like right okay do this okay I pause the video do that whatever going through it all and then it was like I could see all the products and then the store was empty and I was like I don't fucking understand this and I was like honestly I'd say it was about two hours going back and forth trying to figure out what to do and then I gave up on it and then my wife was like oh I see your store is working and I was like like like, I don't understand yeah no seriously it's it's insane like even nowadays with um like I'll try to create an ad through Instagram, but then it obviously goes through Facebook. It has to be like approved by Facebook. Mm. But like the, have you ever like looked at the ad center? There's like 4 million buttons in the ad center. Like there's like, it's like, it takes you to your page and then your pixel and you're like, it's like, how do people, this is why people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. For other people. To have, to have for other people to manage it. It's yeah. crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. Yeah. That's why I just, I was just like, I'm happy with gain, gaining like, 10 followers a month is fine i'll yeah. just take that slow growth over the that's all right you know what life. the organic growth i mean it sucks it used to be way better but i believe the organic growth is the best way yeah yeah um so training then um you share a coach with uh with tim paulson so you're both on the the zeus uh forged by zeus programming train um i was curious what, what do you think uh separates that from other coaches or other coaching methods that are out there Hmm. Good question. Um, so prior to me really hopping on board with Forge by Zeus, I was kind of, I've been through a few different coaches and a lot of times I feel like they program multiple Metcons a day. Um, not a ton of strength, not a ton of accessory work. And at the time when I was young and my hips and joints didn't hurt, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to do it all day and not, and feel fine. Um, but now that I'm 29, I'm like, wow, thank God I joined Forge by Zeus because this method is so much more methodical. Um, I love that he, he's just like, honestly, I, I'm not just like blowing smoke up his ass. Like I really believe that he is so intelligent when he programs. It's, it's amazing. So he always does a warm up. We'll do our accessory strength work, um, a hard Metcon and access, you know, uh, some prehab accessory work at the end as well. And then um, what really changed for me was the monostructural work. So yeah. we do have about 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes a little longer of monostructural work daily. Um, and it's, it could be annoying. It's very tedious, the grind, but it's so important to just becoming a better athlete, make, mm. building a better engine, um, recovery, you know, lactic acid, being able to flush it differently. Uh, and I think that's been a game changer for me is being, having to do that every day. Yeah. Tim raved about that as well. Um, do you do all your, do you do all your training in CrossFit Queens or where do you predominantly do your training? I mix it up. Um, so we actually have a, a garage gym in my backyard, which is okay. really cool. It's not mine. It's my friends, but we use it cause we live here obviously. Um, so he's going to say, nice... cause it'd be really annoying to go down to the gym for 45 minutes, of structure work and then go home again. Yeah, and go back. totally. Yes. Yeah. Especially because we, we live about 20 minutes from the gym. So it's, yeah. it wouldn't be very fun. Um, so I'll, I'll switch it up depending on what I have. The only thing we don't have at the house are space for rings and space for a bar, like muscle ups and stuff like that. So 
we'll go, I'll go to the gym, uh, maybe half the amount of days. And then the other half I'll do at the house. And then a lot of the monostructural work I'm able to do at the house, which is really, really nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, you were with Tim for quarterfinals. How was that? So fun. I always love, I love going up there and competing with him because obviously we we're so competitive. The two of us, I love to shit talk him. Um, (laughs) And he he is he gets so butthurt. So I love to just shit talk him and like push him. And he's always super fun to compete with. Yeah. As it was, there a different atmosphere there this time with Wes knocking around. Uh, with Wes knocking around. <laughs> well, he actually, honestly, Wes wasn't even there for most of it, which okay. was kind of he he had his dad come up and help us out, uh, help him out, which was nice. But he's Wes is cute. He's huge. He's like a little <laughs> mini Tim. He's yeah. a big boy. They're a big family in fairness. His dad's a big guy as well. Um, yeah. His dad really makes me question all my choices. People who are really young and fit and strong and people who are really old and fit and strong compared to where I am make me doubt everything I've done so far. Like <laughs> I look at Tim's dad and I'm like, I'm literally never going to be that good at CrossFit. And he's like, he got, he's got at least 20 years on me. And then I look at like, you know, some kids that I see on like Tia's story or Rich's story. And I'm like, I'm never going to be there either. And they're like 20 years younger than me. The the teenagers this year have, they came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh my God, they're, first of all, they're literally young, 12 years younger than me. Yeah. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. But so many, I kept hearing people saying like, ah, wait till I have a barbell comes up. And then it did. And then they were still like, like kept they crushed it. Like, it's they, crazy. They, they're stronger than us now. They don't feel pain. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also trained with the, the move fast, lift heavy crew um, recently enough as well. Is that like, is that something that you've always done? Or is it something that you're kind of tapping into now more like training with other athletes who aren't necessarily on your doorstep or like in maybe direct competition with you? Um, I have a few athletes that are kind of local, like the move fast guys. And there's another athlete out there as well, Christine best. And she there, I mean, like on a good day, it's like an hour away, yeah. 45 minutes to an hour away. Um, but I, I'm always an advocate for training with other people. I think it's an awesome and an awesome, um, way to train. And you're always going to have that competitive push. You know, you're not going to walk into the gym and, and not give it your all. I mean, granted I train by myself a lot and I'm good at tapping into that all right, go time. Here we go. We got to, we got to push and give a hundred percent, but it's always nice to have another athlete to train with. Um, I mean, I wish I lived closer to Tim because I definitely train with him more too, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It gives you a little change up from your normal structured, boring routine. And I definitely am a fan of it. I get, I'm a little jealous about these little groups that have created. I was going to ask, like, do you think yeah. is that something that you'd be interested in? Or do you think you like the, is it, does it suit you better being able to be like next weekend, I'm going to go, but then I'm not going to go anywhere for three weeks. I'm just going to train them. Like, do you think it's nice having the, cause like say I look at the comp train folks and I look at like the crowd in yeah. Vegas and like in mayhem and stuff. And like, there must come a time where you're like, fucking hell i need to just like you know go on my bike on my own for a while without right, being like let's right. fucking go all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah i think there has to be a, definitely a fine line i mean yeah. i would enjoy I, I would definitely enjoy training with other people more frequently but i i definitely also like having my own kind of space alone time especially with like the monostructural stuff like i don't mm. need someone biking biking next to me for an hour like i can do it by myself yeah um but like, especially for Metcons, if I just had someone to do a Metcon with every day, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it's clever the way they seem to be doing it as well. Like I know 
um, Nick from Proven was on and he was saying that they've careful, like they they were careful in who they paired off with each other, like that they didn't deliberately didn't put the girls together, that they paired like mm. guy girl and stuff. And then I know in yeah. Vegas, like Justin has a reputation of being really honest about saying like, you know, you don't need to push as hard as that person does on this part. Mm. And, you know, like as opposed to just like yeah. letting them at it and see what happens. Things, so, <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting as well. I think when you were talking about the, the teens there, I think um, I'm hopeful that more people start listening. But I know that uh, Ben Bergeron was talking about the the comp train plans, we'll say, for like a, basically starting an academy pretty much for like CrossFit teens or like youths. Wow coming up but he was like one of the rules is that you're not allowed to compete at crossfit um so you have to play oh you have to play two sports oh wow outside, outside of crossfit that's one of the that's one of amazing the prerequisites is you have to play i think it's two sports two team sports outside of crossfit and you have to there's something to do at school but i can't remember what it is you have to do something to do with like education but then as well, you are not allowed to compete outside the open until you're 17, 16, something. I can't, there is an age on it, but I can't remember. But I remember hearing it thinking like, that's the fucking way it should be that you shouldn't yeah. be this like, cause you just end up with people burning out or people yep. hating it or people being yep. like missing out on that. Like they're the formative moments where I know I missed out on loads of those formative moments because I didn't play a team sport growing up. And then it was yep. only when I started doing CrossFit that I was like, oh shit, this is what like community is. I had no idea. Like, you know, whereas no, it's... like you need to have that like experience in different mediums, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. I think as much as CrossFit really does change people's lives, I, I definitely agree, especially like just being on a team, you grow up, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to be a better person. Mm. Um, yeah, I think like it's, it's similar almost like gymnastics where like these kids start so early and then they are done by the time they're 19, but mm. they still have to go to college and like, they're, what are they going to do in college? You know? So, mm. uh, I, I think that's an awesome, an awesome plan that he has. Um, you played hockey before CrossFit. Is that right? And did yeah, gymnastics I played field, as well. Field hockey. I did gymnastics, um, pretty young, but I still had a great foundation, which is crazy to believe that you could, you know, keep those movements when you start CrossFit. <laughs> even though I did them so long ago. Yeah. Um, and then I played field hockey in college and then trans- I found CrossFit in college and then uh, made the switch after. And do you ever miss that like team aspect or like from hockey or do you think does day-to-day in the gym and like those kind of days with Tim and like Chris and those kind of people, does that like scratch that itch for you a bit, do you think? Yeah, I think it scratches. Like I, I you know, I did team uh, yeah. 2019. Yeah and that was I Invictus, it. wasn't it it was Invictus, yep and I loved the experience it was an amazing time it was so fun um I had a great group of people around me to push me but I do I think I played team sports for so long that I'm okay doing the individual stuff now and yeah. as long as I'm you know you're right as long as I'm getting that communication going to the gym seeing people and getting the push here and there like I love competing as an individual because it really allows you to see the kind of athlete you are and like how much you can do as yeah. you're just yourself which is cool yeah um you qualified uh as an individual and with team that year didn't you in 2000 yes yep was that like was it a difficult decision then to choose like one over the other it was so hard I really had no idea going into that year what I was going to do I, I kind of came off two years where I was like uh like I'm not having you know I was in 
switching with coaches. I had found Dave, I think the end of 2018. So 17, 18, I was kind of just doing whatever I wanted. It wasn't really working very well. Um, and I went to regionals competed and I was like, uh, maybe I'm not, this is not for me anymore. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, and then 2019 came and obviously the format was totally different. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go out to some sanctioned events, have some fun, ended up qualifying Mac, which was really cool. Um, and then also wanted to do some team stuff as well and kind of dabble in that. So, um, I really had no idea what my end goal was until I qualified both. And was like, you know what, like, it's really hard to qualify as an individual. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get this opportunity again. I really want to go for it. Mm. Um, can you remember a, like a time or a moment where you thought like, yeah, I'm, I'm good across it. Like I could make this into like a, a thing. This is my thing. <laughs> uh, I still think I'm still kind of <laughs> wondering still waiting that, for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. I mean, I, I knew that I could, I could compete. I mean, mm. even right when I qualified in 2014 for regionals, I was like, oh, like, this is actually really cool. And I think that I could, you know, continue to build on this and become a really good CrossFit athlete. Um, and then I didn't really realize that you could actually, you know, get sponsors and, and create a name for yourself until many years down the road. Um, and I mean, it's been it's been a crazy journey. Like, it's it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, it obviously takes like a physical toll like you mentioned that you know you have to kind of mind yourself um a bit more and like take into consideration like some of the, the accessories and stuff that you can kind of maybe brush off like in your earlier yeah. years i guess um right but you're this is this your eighth year or your ninth year in the open this was my ninth open so then like have you do you think it takes like a mental toll as well like of being oh, yeah. so amped so competitive and so zoned in for so many years Yes, 100%. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever talked to someone who's said like the high and the low after competing is like insane. Um, like, especially coming off the CrossFit Games and then realizing you have to do it all again. You're like, yeah. oh my God, this sucks. I don't know how people do it for the Olympics, like four years. Like that's insane to me. That's yeah. insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the mental aspect is is very difficult being able to wake up every day and realizing you're, you you got to do the same thing over and over and over to train for your, your ultimate end goal. Um, it can get, it can get challenging, but I actually started working with a mental coach this year, which has been really helpful too. Okay. And what kind of stuff are you doing to combat those kind of issues then? Um, so like, for example, say I have like an off training day and I had, you know, I'm in a bad mood. I'll typically, I'll, I'll try to go do something for five to 10 minutes. That's going to, turn my day around. Um, so maybe it's listening to a podcast or going outside for five minutes in the, in the sunshine and like just putting everything away, putting everything down, not worrying about lags and weights or the training that I just did, whatever it may be. We'll do, um, a lot of journaling. Um, we'll do some reading and then we do like check-in calls where we just kind of like debrief, which is mm. really also, it's like a, basically a therapy session. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you mentioned there, a minute ago about the the regionals and I think 2018 where you thought like oh maybe you know I'm not sure anymore and then the system changed yeah. and stuff like is that the only time you've ever had those kind of thoughts of like maybe I should just like hang up my nanos or whatever <laughs> my nanos uh no I think it happens all the time like I think hey. athletes I really think athletes like I'll have a tr one training day and I'm like 
shit. I, I was slow as I was really slow today. Maybe I can't compete anymore. Um, but then, the, you know, I'll wake up and the discipline that I have, I'll wake up, go do it again. And then I'll have a great day the next day. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm still in this. Like, it's a constant battle in your mind. I, I, I think every athlete deals with that. I think it's ultimately how you can push past that. And like the, the, the methods and things you can do to, to keep yourself like, all right, here's my why here's my goal. Just keep pushing toward that. Like you're going to have shitty days. You got to get through them. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, I, like, yeah, it's refreshing to hear from someone who's like <laughs> been around the block and still has those moments. Cause I think they're common yeah. with even just a regular gym goer of like, you know, maybe your numbers aren't going where you wanted to, or maybe you're, you know, like losing weight and it's not going the way you wanted to. And it's that thing of like progress. Like everyone expects like that graph. Yes. Sorry. Oh my God. That it's like, it's, it's like, really like, it's like this. Yeah. But like, that's, it is though, when you, when you zoom in, like, you know, like it, it is still a line going upwards, but when you zoom in, right. just fucking depths in the middle of it. And yeah. you know, it is crazy. Like really. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Injuries. Like you never know. Like there's always yeah. going to be something. Yeah. So. Um, do you think there's a shelf life for an athlete? Like, do you think there's a, there's a certain amount of time say on the, of the average athlete has in a competitive window? Well, I used to think that, but then Sam Briggs keeps coming <laughs> back every year. So I'm not sure. Yeah. She might be the outlier um, though. I mean, that's yeah. She's, yeah. She's definitely an outlier. She's definitely not. Like, I think, I think it all depends on what people's goals are. Right. Mm. Like I think the people that started later in life can probably go a little bit longer and even go into masters like mm-hmm. for someone like me I started you know this is my ninth year um I don't know how much longer my body's really going to want to do it mm-hmm. um you know it's hard to put a date on it because again you could get injured tomorrow and you might not be able to ever do it again yeah. um so that's why I kind of just take it day by day and I I make sure that at the end of the year like I did everything that I could I don't have regrets and like if I want to do it again I reevaluate and come up with a plan and decide all right like I got to be in it um it's tough it's it's like I think there is a certain shelf life um but again I think it's like where you are in life and what your goals are do you wait a certain amount of time before you decide that you're going to go again like say if the if the if the games is over whatever like first weekend in August do you wait until like September before you decide because obviously you don't want to decide in the heat of the moment like to quit or to yeah no definitely in like you got to give yourself some time off. I, I don't, I don't never understand why, like how athletes can just like take a week off after the games and like start training. again. I'm like, that's insane. That's literally yeah. insane. Matt Frazier takes like two months. He took two months off or something yeah. like that. But even he was um, funny when people would ask him, like, you know, he'd hear other people saying like, Oh, next year starts today. And Matt's like, no, it fucking doesn't. He's like, I'm no. not moving for a couple of months. Like, Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was doing it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I definitely think you got to give yourself some time. I mean, actually the crazy thing is I had an injury this, this year. Oh, well, that was your been, knee, wasn't it? That was my knee. I had a mm. knee scope in October of 2020. And, um, I was having issues like with my recovery literally until the day of the open, I swear to God. And I, till that point was like, I don't think I'm going to compete this year. Like, I don't think I, it's in it for me. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, it's my season, if it's my year, like my knees still doing some weird stuff. Um, and then the open came and somehow I sucked it up and got through it. I don't know how it, ha- I, it just happens. It just happens. Yeah. Wall, <laughs> wall walks clicked it back into place. Right. Yeah. Wall walks. I was like, dang, I guess I can do this. I don't need my knee really. <laughs> is the, the scope, is that where they like pair away the cartilage or something? 
or like his loose cartilage or something is that what that is um i had you can do it for a bunch of different things but i i had um like a a flap tear in my cartilage right under the kneecap so it was like causing a like a locking sensation kind of similar to like what a a torn meniscus would do um but i didn't have a torn meniscus it was just like a cartilage flap that was like getting caught every time i was squatting so i tried to not get a surgery because i'm just i'm for the most part, I try to avoid surgeries, but unfortunately I had to get it. So yeah, that sounds horrible. I don't know why, but the word like flap makes it sound way worse. This is like, <laughs> it's really, know. I know it seems so aggressive, but it like, is actually like yeah. the most minor. I probably was a drama queen about it, but it was like the most minor surgery you could possibly do. Yeah. But, my, I mean, any... my initial thought when you were saying that was like, there shouldn't be a flap inside your knee. Like, why is there know, a flap in not... there? <laughs> What's it doing in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, anatomy of the body is so weird it's so weird yeah i teach uh like seven and eight year olds and after listening to that podcast about like hunger last night we're like it's like our active week this week so it's like you know putting a push on physical fitness and stuff so i brought in loads of fruit like and i was letting them taste fruit and stuff like and some of them had never tasted tasted like a peach before um, oh wow and i was like i drew up a picture of like a body on the the board or whatever and like i got really into it and i was like so like you know like your body produces leptin to tell you that you're full and then i like looked around at the room and i was like fuck i forgot these kids are like seven they have no idea what i'm talking about i was like like, uh i was like tummy tells the brain it's full i was like just changes the whole pitch like just changes it's funny yeah um yeah no i understand that when you get really into something um seeing dan bailey then and uh people like james hobart and stuff switch into masters after you know like a good while of not competing is that something yeah. that you think might change the trend because obviously there's been i suppose a history of uh people reaching okay well, again with the exception of sam briggs people reaching a certain point of their career and just being like no that's fine i'm, I'm done now um mm-hmm. whereas now we're kind of uh, like it seems to there seems to be more of a push on it uh as like you know involving the masters community more in the age group community more yeah and then you're seeing people like Dan and James and other people getting involved when maybe they wouldn't have been in the past. Do you think that's going to book the trend or do you think, um, as you said, that maybe for the athletes that have started younger, like you, that maybe it's like, I don't really know if I can face into like starting a whole new competitive field again. I know that's honestly a really great question because that's, I don't know if I even have the answer for that. Like for me, I think once I, for me, like once I'm like really like, all right, I'm done competing. It's going to be really difficult for me, but I think more than anything, it's like, I want to preserve my body going forward. I don't want my, I don't want to be able to not be walking when I'm 50, you know, like my joints, my joints have taken so much wear and tear and by choice, obviously I know that I'm doing a a competitive sport. You're not going to come out perfectly healthy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Plus, like the masters division's hard. There's some really good athletes in this division. It's insane. Yes. Yeah, um, and then I'm like, well, it's gonna when I'm 35, it's gonna be the same people that I'm competing with now. They're gonna be really good. They're not gonna. It's not gonna get easier. So. Yeah. I remember saying that to to my coach, like in the gym a while ago. I was like, yeah, well, you know, another three or four years, and I'll be a masters. And he was like, yep. And so will everyone else that's currently your age. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah, those you're guys. Like, Shit, it sucks. <laughs> um, I remember speaking to Tim way back, um, when he was in Ireland, and um. He hinted, uh, I think Wes was just a, a, 
a twinkle in his eye at this stage. But he hinted that if he if he ever starts a family, that you know maybe he might start veering towards team because the pressures or the demands will be less as part yeah. of a group rather than an individual. Um, obviously he looks like fitter and stronger than ever. Like Wes seems to be whatever the opposite of kryptonite is for him. Um, <laughs> if he suggested a, a like a, a Zeus team based out of Ithaca, is that something you might be interested in then instead of the Masters route? That would be fun. I think that'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, You're surely within 100 miles, are you? Yeah, we're within 100 miles, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, That'd be fun. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it because I've competed and trained with him. So we know each other very well. Yeah. Um, And we've also done, we did a a Wadapalooza team with each other once. And Mm. I had so much fun. Like I said, like team is, team is a lot of fun. Um, But I think the other, the, the hard part would be like, because we're so competitive, we're still going to want to win. And if you want to win, you got to be really good. So, And we got teams like, you know, Rich Froning's team still, they're just crushing life. um, He's not going to be around to get for forever though. Like surely he's. (laughs) When's he going to, when's he going to stop? But yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. It'd be, uh, yeah. I, I want credit for that idea if that happens. Um, <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll make sure. You're heading for the, the bright lights of Vegas now for semis. Um, how are you feeling with that, like approaching over the horizon? It's obviously, it's about the guts of a month away now. How are you feeling about that coming up? I'm really excited. Like this is going to yeah. be my first, this is going to be my first competition in person in, God, since 2019. Because 2020, I qualified through the Open, but then got my spot taken away due to the, pan- to the oh, band- yeah. time, uh, pandemic. So I have a fire under my ass right now. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm so hungry to get back out on the floor. I'm, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be a really fun event. There's a, it's so stacked. There's some amazing women out there. So I'm, I'm excited to go up against them. Yeah. Like when you haven't competed in person, uh, do you like, do you have to mentally prepare yourself for the fact that like, there's going to be a crowd and there's going to be like cheering and like fireworks and shit. And it's not going to be <laughs> you and your gym on your own with a camera. I prefer that. Like yeah. I, I do not like the online competition. When I found out that Atlas was online, I'm like, Oh my God, I really don't want to get Atlas <laughs> games. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it again. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I'm able to be in, in person, I think is, is, only better for me i'm i'm so excited seriously like the 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 hardest part the scariest part is the fact that you have obviously a judge that's going to be watching you the whole every Mm. workout but the the crowds and everything makes it more fun um how aware of you how aware are you of like who else is there and obviously you mentioned it was a stacked field like are you like looking down to the names being like oh yeah i can take her or like are you just (laughs) kind of you know trying not to look at it in that kind of way um probably a little bit of both like yeah. I, I de- obviously looked at, at the who was going and I'm like all right this is this is a good field but uh but I'm also in this field and I'm good yeah. so uh you, you obviously have to have that confidence like you can't I have the utmost respect for all these women because they are putting in just as much time as me but I know what my capabilities are and I, I feel very confident um competing in person so yeah I'm excited yeah, I'm so so excited. <laughs> someone put up someone put up a story earlier on about like oh like West Coast Classics in a couple of weeks, you know, like in whatever amount of time. And um I replied, they were like, they were like, you know, who's go who's heading to Vegas? And I replied and it was like, Oh, I wish. 
And he was like, oh, why don't you? And I was like, uh, one, I live in Ireland. Two, <laughs> two, I have a career. Uh, three, I cannot afford transatlantic travel, like either financially or covid um, yeah. It's like, it's just not happening. But yeah, Are no, they even, would they let you, would they even let you back into Ireland if you flew to the state? Like, is, have they lifted those restrictions uh, at all? No, I'd have to, I think US are still, we have a list of countries that you have to quarantine but Got it's it. like enforced hotel quarantine and it costs like oh, wow. 2,000 euro. Uh, oh, wow. Like whatever that is, like uh, $2,500-ish, $2,300 around there somewhere. Um, that sucks. And you have to stay there for two weeks. Um, oh, no. Mm-mm, yeah. Not worth it. <laughs> no. Um, unless like someone wanted to fly me over and pay for that on the way back. Um, right right which you know long shot <laughs> um <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance um so yeah, um, chance. <laughs> we'll finish with a quick fire um so all of these oh. are either or um so right. um, uh i'm gonna change this first one uh americano or nitro nitro uh dumbbell or barbell dumbbell um assault bike or echo bike Ooh, echo did you see that that was named the official CrossFit I, bike? I did see that. It's pretty crazy. That's a fucking big blow for assault. Like that's, <laughs> that's, because I, I, I originally only saw Rogue share it and I was like, I mean, it must be true or they wouldn't, that'd be a ballsy thing to put up if it right, wasn't true. Right, right. And then I saw the athletes start to share it as well. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. Crazy. Um, row or ski? <clears throat> um, ski. Uh, road or assault runner? Oh. Can I say neither? <laughs> uh, probably a salt runner for my joints. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, wags or weights? Oh, definitely wags. Definitely wags. <laughs> um, listen, thanks a million for coming on. Um, that was great. Um, best of luck with the, your business, wags and weights, everything that you have going for there. Um, and with semifinals and Vegas and hopefully the season beyond that, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do. And I look forward to... Uh, seeing my tagline on a t-shirt someday of yes. uh, setting tongues and tails wagging. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>